0: So today's daf is Mem Aleph. We are on <clears throat> Mem Amudet, Mishnah, towards the bottom. Uh, oh, more people are joining now. Okay. En notnin kemach haroset o So you can't put flour. We talked about mixing flour into different things that are cooking with water. Now this doesn't necessarily have, uh, you know, anything that is... Um, you know, it doesn't have water as an, an ingredient that you could see, but it says in this charoset, so it says it had chomets, it had uh, it had vinegar, and uh, since you would put this in, it would uh, cause the kemach to become chametz, also mustard, and if you put it in, you have to eat it right away. So you shouldn't put it into these mixtures that are going to cause the flour to become chametz, but if you did, eat it right away. Rabbi Meir, also, Rabbi Meir says that, no, uh, you, you, once you put it into these kinds of uh, sub, this kind of mixture, since it's going to become chametz very fast, you should not eat it at all. This has nothing to do really with chametz, but uh, but it says you're not allowed to cook the korban pesach with any kind of other juice or meperot. or meperot is fruit juices. Now we know that the Torah says you're not allowed to uh, cook the korban. It says lo Bishul means with water with liquid. With liquid, like we say, you know, we talk about cooking versus roasting. So, cooking in the Torah means uh, a bishul with liquid. So, you're not supposed to cook korban pesach with liquid in it. What it seems to, what it says, bashil You're not supposed to cook it with water. What about fruit juice? That's also you're not allowed to. So, that's what the Bishah is saying about sachim, bat bilinot uh, but you're allowed to, uh, if you want to, when you uh, want to eat the Korban Pesach, you could, you know, uh, you can dip it into fruit juice. And it says, Sachin, even if you want to rub some, base, you know, like basting it on the outside uh, with some fruit juice, that's okay. You just can't cook it in the juice. It says you could rub some on when you, uh, she says. A1 on it, huh? Yeah. Right? Well, afterwards you could put whatever. Yeah. Afterwards, definitely. Because right? he says, Matbilin. Right? So that's for sure. But even when you're, he says, even when you're roasting, it says, that, even when you're roasting it, you could put a little bit on the outside. You just can't cook it in the liquid. It's a different type of thing that if you based on the outside, still, you're still roasting it. Right? These are some kind of random halachot here. That, uh, the, the person who's the, who is the cook or the baker, so the water that he uses when he's, when he's, um, in between making matzah, of course, it's gonna get like flour in it. Cause, you know, he's th- using the water again and again. So it says, that water that he uses, that he puts his hands in it, you know, like he wets his hands and then he works with the dough, it's going to end up getting dough in it and it's going to end up beca- become chametz. So therefore he has to, when he, he has to spill that water out and, uh, so that it doesn't have the time to uh, become chametz. I mean, it's I'm going so to talk I'm about, nachtom is a, is a baker. Okay, so he because he is putting his hands in this water that's going to get flour, and the flour is going to become chametz if he leaves it there. So he has to every time he's he's using it, he has to constantly replenish the water, throw out the water, and put new water because otherwise it's going to breed chametz in it. Okay. Now Avkana said that when it said in the Mishnah that if you put flour either in the charoset, which is not the charoset we use, so the charoset here is not a sweet thing; it's like a vinegary thing, so it says that you can't put the flour in the into that, and you can't put it in the khardal. Right? He said, <laughs> The Tanakh Kaman Rebbe Meir arguing, if you put flour into the mustard, are you allowed to eat it? But everybody agrees, if you put it into that charoset, which it's talking about something, it's a vinegary thing, that you have to burn right away because that is going to become chametz right away. But if you put in chardal into the mustard, that's where there's a machloket if it will become chametz quickly or not. Like that ain't nothing. Is mustard part of the seder? No, this is just talking about regular food what what's what there? we're not yeah. on said seder we're talking about somebody who's eating during Pesach and he wants to put flour into his dip that's all yeah no 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 this is not the. I said this is not the charoset because it's not sweet this is talking about like some vinegar mixture they called charoset because uh, it's a, yeah something else yeah some kind of a dip yeah yeah no yeah so so it says if you put flour into this charoset which is some kind of a spicy uh, uh, vinegary thing that they would normally put uh, she says they would normally Put uh, meat into. it. They would dip meat into this kind of uh, thing. So it says, if you put it in, uh, you're not allowed to put flour in that. So you see here that the case of the chardal, right, is the is the case where they're arguing. Right, that's where there's an argument between Rebbe Meir and the Chachamim whether it will immediately become chametz or whether once you put it in you could eat it. According to uh, but but when it comes to when it comes to the uh, charoset, everybody agrees that if you put it into that charoset because it has vinegar, that vinegar is going to cause that flour to become chametz right away. The um, the chardal Rashi says that it's stre- the spiciness of it actually prevents. The uh flour from becoming khamat so quickly. So according to the khachami, if you accidentally mixed flour into that khardal, you could actually still eat it as long as you eat it right away. Am Ravuna Bhida Vyushua, Amr Nachman, Amar Shmu'el. So Ravna Ravvuna Babiuda said the name of Av Nachman is that Shmuel said, Halakha kibre khami, the Alakha follows the Khachamim, which would seem to say that therefore if you mixed flour into uh khardal, into this mustard, you would be able to uh to eat it right away. Amalab Ahmada Vari Thaqabuna Bhidra Voshua. Are you talking about the case of the charoset, or are you talking about the case of the mustard? Now, we said already that mustard, for sure, is the subject of a machloket between Rebbe uh, Meir and the chachamim, whether if you mixed flour into it, you're allowed to eat it, or you have to burn it right away. Right? Kharoset we said, according to, the, according to Rav Kana, at least, in the case of Kharoset, everybody agrees you have to burn it right away. So he was asking him, did you mean that we, the halacha follows the chachamim in both cases? Right. What difference does it make? He said, What about Rav Kana? Rav Kana? said that there actually is no Machloket when it comes to Charol said. There's only a Machloket when it comes to Kharda, when, uh, when it comes to the mustard. But the vinegar, there's no Machloket. You have to burn it. He said that, where is the argument between Rabbi Meir? If you mixed the flour into mustard, whether it becomes chametz right away, but if you mix it into vinegar, everyone agrees you have to burn it. I never heard this. Meaning I don't agree. I say that in both cases, that it just like it sounds from the Mishnah. It sounds from the Mishnah that if you put the flour into either the mustard or this vinegar, uh, there's a machloket, and the rabbi say, as long as you eat it quickly, before, if you, if you do, like, in one sitting, like, you have this amount of mustard, you put a little flour, and you eat it right away, you're gonna be okay. Mustard or or vinegar doesn't matter. Says, the truth is that I think Rav Kana is right, that there's a difference, and that the vinegar's worse. Because he said that the halacha doesn't follow Raviyosi. My love, tzamutehu, tilatzamit, hachamu'em machma'a. Because Rabbi Yossi said, when we learned earlier, that if you had bar, if you have barley that starts to uh, break open from khamas, you put it in vinegar and it will seal it back. Right? That's what he had said before. So that so we said the doesn't follow Rabbi Yossi. It doesn't follow Rabbi Yossi that it doesn't seal the barley, right? Which implies ha mu'emachmaa, meaning that it does cause it to become in other words, it's the opposite of what Rabbi We're saying that Halachah doesn't follow Rabbi Yossi. Not only does it not mm-hmm. close it up, it actually opens it up. And so therefore you see that vinegar's worse. It says, no. We could say that no, that neither one is true. In other words, we don't follow Rabbi Yossi, that it reverses the chimutz process, but we're not saying that it causes it to happen instantaneously either. So it could be that in the case of vinegar, it's worse than the case of, of mustard, or it could be that it's the same. Either way, if you put flour, raw flour, into one of these things, you definitely cannot leave it in there because it will eventually become chametz. The question is... Whether you have to burn it right away, or whether you're allowed to eat it in that one sitting, like you've had a small amount and you put it in, eat it in that one sitting. Obviously, nowadays, nobody does this anyway. Now, he said, <laughs> Even though the Torah says, <laughs> The Torah says you're not allowed to cook the Korban Pesach in water. It doesn't say anything about orange juice or whatever juice you would want to use. So how, is it, but, and yet, the Mishnah says you can't use it. <laughs> It it only says in the Torah, you're not allowed to cook it in water. How do you know other, other uh, juices as well? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> right. talking We're talking about the Korban Pesach. Korban Pesach is not a cell, Yeah. It says you're not allowed to <laughs> make it in the water. Right. You're not allowed to make it in the water. Right, so <but> what about in the water? What about in the water? It's just a cell. True, but it's the the question is if you make it mevushal be something else besides ma' it mentions mevushal b'mayim, so if you eat it mevushal b'mayim, it's isur you get you know you get malkot it's uh it's an it, it's a an isur menatrouah to eat pesach mevushal b'mayim okay okay what if it was mevushal be mitztapuchim is it also considered... Definitely it's not tzali. So you wouldn't have the mitzvah <inaudible> in tzali. That's a different question. That's a question of what does it need to be to fulfill the mitzvah. Now we're talking about if you eat it, it will you do an isur? You're doing averah by eating uh, if, if it's cooked, if that it's boiled. Well, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Okay. Now it's saying, how do you know... Other mashkin. So, so, if water that doesn't change the flavor, you're not allowed to use. So, certainly that it's going to change the flavor. Definitely it's not, it's going to ruin the Korban Pesach. Rabbi Omer says, He says the double language means, so the first the first answer is it's a kalvachomet. If boiling it in water is no good, even though it doesn't change the taste, it doesn't add any taste, then definitely juice is going to be bad. Rabbi says, no, it's the double language. Bashel mevushal means, maim is just an example. Water is an example. But really, any kind of cooking will make it called mevushal. And if you eat a pesach mevushal, it's one of the negative commandments of the Torah to eat it. So it says, what's the difference? There's such a thing as tlikedar. Tlikedar means that you collected the juices of the Pesach itself and cook it in that. You know, sometimes they will, like you'll have the juices, let's say on the bottom of the meat, just the juices of the meat and it co- kind of like cooks in the juices of the meat or cooks in the juice of the turkey or something like that. It's very good. It goes back in. So it's saying, like, let's say you put a pan under the Korban Pesach and you collect the juices and then you cook it in that. Right? Would that be considered? That's called Tzli kedar. He says, that's the machloket between them. So she says, According to the uh, according to the uh, the first opinion that it has to do with taste, they said if uh, water doesn't change the taste and you're not allowed to cook in that, then definitely fruit juice that does change the taste. But here it's not going to change the taste because it's actually from the korban pesach itself. So, maybe you'll say that's okay. It's just the Korban Pesach extracted from the Korban Pesach itself. But according to Rabbi, who says, bashel you can't cook it in anything that's liquid. So, that would include the juices of the Korban Pesach itself. For Rabbanan, Hi, Bashel Mivushal. Mayabdelu, since we see that Rabbi uses the term Bashel Mivushal to teach you, that you're not allowed to cook it in its own juices even, right? So what do the rabbis do with that? So, um, because we, they need it for another teaching, which is, that even if you roasted the Korban Pesach, you did the mitzvah. Look. I did it, I, I, I roasted the Korban Pesach, now I want to make it a little softer, I'm going to boil it a little bit, you know, because I already roasted it. Or, maybe the guy cooked it in a pot, and then he was, oh, I forgot I'm not allowed to do that, I have no time to get another Korban Pesach, I'll just roast it now. Right, maybe it's, I can do it afterwards. So it says, what if you did that? So then it says, chayav, you're liable, meaning it's still considered in that case... That if you eat it, you ate a cooked Korban Pesach instead of roasted. And that's one of the Lotaseh. Meaning you did a lota, you ate it, Mivushal, you're not allowed to. So you ate a Mivushal Korban Pesach. A cooked one instead of a roasted one. Even though you, you roasted it first and then you cooked it, it doesn't matter. If you cooked it and then you roasted it, it's still considered cooked. So it says, Then we understand. If you cooked it first and then you roasted it, we understand why it's still considered cooked. You can't erase what you did. You boiled it, so now you roasted it, it. Got a little crispy. That doesn't take away that you boiled it, right? So, but oil. But why should so am I? But why should you be liable if you roasted it fully and it's done? You roasted it, and now you put it in boil a little bit. Why does that erase? In other words, the logic doesn't follow, because if you're saying whatever you did first holds no matter what, so if you cooked it first in a pot, and then you then you roasted it, you're telling me that doesn't erase the fact that it was cooked in a pot. Okay, so then the other way too, if I roasted it first, and then I boiled it, I should say it's still roasted. Why are you taking away the roasting that I did? Well, it's saying Chayav. Chayav means liable Torah. Definitely not. So this must be Rabbi Yossi's opinion, that he holds yesh He says Rabbi Meir says, if you want to eat matzah and you soak the matzah water, right, or you cook it up, but and it, as long as it doesn't disintegrate, that's okay. Sometimes you do it for elderly people. They say, like, soften it a little bit, the matzah, if they have trouble to eat it. Well, we it right? They, they they soften it, right? So it says, <laughs> according to Rabbi Yossi, if you cook it, even if it doesn't fall apart, Cooking the matzah ruins it. Why? Even though it doesn't fall apart. Why? Because he says, Yesh bishul achar Which means, if you already, even if you already baked something, if you then cook it in water, it's now called, it's still called bishul. You did bishul to it. So, the, the, the point is, so according to Rabbi Yossi, even though you cooked something in one way before, cooking it in a new way is a new, new act of bishul. So even though you roasted it before, if you now boil it, it's going to be considered that you boiled it. Even though you boiled it before and now you roasted it, it's not going to erase. So he's, the interesting thing is he's taking both sides of it. He's saying, if you roasted already and then you boiled, the fact that you first roasted it doesn't mean that the boiling you did afterwards is okay. But in the same way, if you boiled it and then you roasted it, the fact that you roasted it, sure, you did a valid roasting, but you had already boiled it. So it's not going to erase what you did before. In other words, he's going to say the two things coexist. So therefore, when you have matzah, matzah mevushelet is not allowed. In other words, if you have matzah that was baked already, so according to Rebbe Meir, even if you cook it now in water, it doesn't take away from the fact that it was baked originally, Okay, on the other hand, Rabbi Yossi is saying, no, once you cook it, now it becomes Mibushal, matzah mevushalet, you're not allowed to use matzah cooked in water. So even though it was originally baked, it will ruin it. So too here he will say that if an act of bishul was done, an act of cooking in water, whether it was done before you roasted the Korban Pesach, whether it was done after you roasted the Korban Pesach, it's still going to be considered a boiled Korban Pesach and it will not be good. Okay? okay. It, it, ruins the or makes it, it makes it mevushelet. So you're not allowed to use matam mevushelet. You're not allowed to use cooked matzah. It has to be for, baked the, matzah. Right, yeah, for sorry, the mitzvah. For the mitzvah, it's not going to make it chametz. Oh, exactly. Yeah, because that's what we do. We use uh, mm. we use matzah meal. It's the same thing. Yeah. Even Rabbi Meir might agree over here with the Korban Besach because here, since the Torah says the double language, bashel mevushal it means, in other words, even though Rebbe Meir in other cases would say what's called En Bishul Achar Bishul or En Bishul Achar afiyah. If something was already baked, it can't now become Mevushal. In general, that might be true. And about Shabbat, Matzah, God? yeah, same thing in Shabbat. If you, if you have noodles, they're already cooked and then you pour hot soup on it. It's not Bishul, it was already cooked, the noodles. Right? or whatever, you pour hot uh, food from a pot onto bread, it's already, the bread is already baked, it's not going to cook the bread. Right? So, in this, so he would say that, but when it comes to Korban Pesach, since it says, Bashel mevoshal, double language, that means any bishul, even after you already roasted it, if you boil it afterwards, it's going to ruin it. Yeah, he was talking about matzah and he said, if you cook it, it's not good everybody seems to agree on the, on the Pesach, it's no good the question is, according to Rabbi Meir, who says, we always go by the first thing that you did so if you already baked it, the Matzah, and then you cook it, it's not going to remove that you baked it, it's still going to be considered fine Matzah, it's good, but Korban Pesach might be different, maybe there we say, since it's extra emphasis Bashel Bamaim, it's not allowed to be Mibushal Bamaim, so maybe even after roasting, it will ruin it Okay, but Rabbi Meir is saying that if you have matzah that was baked already, even if you cook it, it's going to be okay. Rabbi Yossi is saying, no, you can reverse it. You can now make it uh, that it gets ruined. Okay, that's the mechlok between about matzah. But in Pesach, it could be that everyone would agree. Right? Sa Ramanad, Yachol Tzla'okul <laughs> Tzorko Yechayav. Tzla'okul Tzorko, according to Rashi, means you burned it to a crisp, basically, you know. You really, really roasted it a lot, right? So then, Talmud Lomar, Al Tuchlo menu Na, Uvvashir Uposhal there's nothing wrong with eating burnt Korban Pesach, right? What are you not allowed to have? Na means um, partially cooked, not fully cooked. Right? Pa- partially cooked, too rare. And Bashel mevushal means boiled. Tzli'esh means roasted, but it says roasted, you can roast it till it's very well done. You know, it uh, becomes really well done. Hechidame. what are we talking about here? Amav Ashi, deshaviyah harucha, you made it into a piece of charcoal. In other words, you really like did a good job of roasting. Okay? Even in that case, it's still Maybe you'll think if you ate completely raw Completely raw Pesach, would be liable. The only prohibition is to eat either partially cooked or boiled. But eating totally raw, you didn't violate a lotase. You didn't fulfill the mitzvah. You didn't. You didn't fulfill the mitzvah because you didn't have roasted. But you didn't violate one of the actual prohibition because the actual prohibition is partially cooked or. Mivushal. It never said raw. Raw is different. Said okay. no, far far we can never say kalvachomer. Okay, it's no because we we because we never say kalvachomer. So so he says um, and it says yachol. Wait, what was that? Yachol achal k'zayin chayeh Khayaf, Right, you would think that it would. So then it says yachol Yeheimutar mutar. In other words, you won't be liable because the Torah, you, we only go with punishments. We say, en on we never punish somebody based on logic that we made because we never know if it's 100%, right? But, we, so, but, so, you, we can't punish him for the raw because it only says na, which means like ra- rare, but not raw. And, uh, and Mivushal. it doesn't say anything about raw. Okay, but so then should you say maybe it's allowed? It says, no, there, Talmud Lomar, Ki'in Tzali'esh, you're only allowed to eat it roasted. So I don't think it's okay to eat it raw. It's not okay, but you didn't violate a prohibition, you just missed out on ish. You didn't do something that was ish. And Rashi says, and this person says, In lokin alav There's such a thing as general prohibition. In other words, if I say to you, eat it roasted, so that excludes a lot of things. It excludes a bunch of things. It's a general statement. Anything other than roasted is not good. There are two specific prohibitions mentioned, partially cooked and uh, boiled, boiled, right? But there's also, is a positive general thing. It says, violating the positive general thing, you don't get makot for that. Yeah. Okay? Now it says, what is considered na? Like the Persians say, Okay, I don't remember any Persian saying that, but Rashi says, mm-hmm. Meaning it's partially, it's roasted, but not fully. Meaning it's, it's raw, it's, it's, it's rare, very rare. If a person cooks uh, in the, this is talking about Hilchot Shabbat, if he cooks with Chameh he doesn't cook with fire but he cooks with the hot springs of Tiberias, the Tiberian spring water, he uses that to cook. It's pator, he's not considered, to, because you have to use fire in order to be considered liable. Now Shabbat, yeah. Now, and there's a whole question about, about basam uh, Chalav also, whether if you cook it with Chamei tveria right? Now it says, Pesach, Shavu Shavu Chamei Chayav, but if you cooked Pesach, the Korban Pesach with Chamei tveria it would be a big trip. You have to go with your Korban Pesach, right? From Yerushalayim to tveria hmm. And then have time to, uh, and then have time to, and we're talking about they didn't have cars, so, you, you'd, and then you have time to, uh, uh, to go to the, the Chame Yeah, you're gonna have a hard time, but that's, uh, maybe you will, maybe you could. Now, so he says, and so Maishin, why is it that when you cook on Shabbat with Chame it's not considered cooking? Because the Tuldot because you need fire. And hot water that comes from the, uh, it comes from the spring. That's not considered, uh, not considered fire. But Pesach nami lav toltot right? So for the Korban Pesach, it's the same thing, though. Why is the Korban Pesach considered Mivushal if it's cooked with chametz Isn't the definition of cooking that it's done with fire? You see on Hilchot Shabbat that the definition of cooking is it's done with fire. So and and that the hot springs don't count. Why do the hot springs count when it comes to Korban Pesach? It says, Amar Ova, Ova said, Mai chayav de What does it mean, here? Ka- it doesn't mean that the Bishul is actually considered Bishul. Really, it's not considered Bishul. So therefore, if you ate that Korban Pesach, it would not be considered Mibushal, because it wasn't cooked. It's not considered boiled, because cooking with Chamei is not cooking. But you negated the positive Mitzvah of Tzli'esh. So you can have an in-between situation. Where basically you didn't actually do bishul. You didn't do boiling because you didn't use fire and have a pot and boil it. Mm. But you didn't do tzli because you managed to have the effect, the cooking effect without the, uh, without tzli, without the, uh, yeah, without yeah. the roasting process. Right? And so again, Rashi says, vizsavar, that, um, that, uh, V'savar the the that according to Rava you could get makot for this because yeah because there's a makhloket if lav shebechalut lav shebechalut means if there's a general blanket thing so like we said before a general blanket rule like it needs to be eaten roasted so that that means it can't be pickled it can't be this it can't be that. So he did something that doesn't fit one of the specific categories of boiling and it doesn't fit the category of partial cooking. So it doesn't fit one of the specific categories, but since he negated the the general idea of tzliesh, so according to Rava, you could be Chayab for that. So that's a machlukit. Can you be liable for neglecting a, when it's general, when it's a general thing that incorporates many things? There's many ways you could not do tzliesh. What? The not do, avoid, but to, do. Avoid, but to do it again. Avoid, avoid. Avoid, yeah. Yeah. So if you do, if you do a, um, let's say you eat it, uh, that it was cooked with Chameteveria, yeah. so it wasn't considered Mivushal bas- because it wasn't cooked normally, but it's also not Tzliesh. So is that a violation a violation of the general idea of Tzliesh? According to Avad, that's enough of a violation. You could get Makot for that. Before we said if the person eats it raw, They wouldn't, so it's a machloket. In other words, according to Rava, you would also get for eating it totally raw because you're not eating it tzli'esh. If you're not eating it tzli'esh, even though the Torah doesn't specify you can't eat it raw, it only specifies two forms, where it's boiled, where it's partially roasted. It doesn't mention any other forms, but since you violated the general idea of not doing tzli'esh, so now we have a question. Are you liable? Is that considered a violation, or it's just considered missing out on a mitzvah? Ase missing out on a mitzvah, ase. We don't give you a a, a punishment, right? Or if it's too general of a prohibition, it doesn't have a specific form. We don't give you a punishment. So that's the that's the machlokeri. <laughs> now it's going to be the argument here. Okay. Now he says, I'm a, uh, so now it yeah, says. Yeah. Rav Actually, Rav Chiyab, the son of Rav Natan, had this teaching of Rav Chisda directly. In his version, it actually said the words "Mishum That Mishum uh, That he that the reason why, if he cooks it with chametz he's liable. It's not because the process of cooking with chametz is considered bishul. It's because the result is that it is not, you know, that it's cooked, but it isn't cooked with tzli, right? It's not cooked with tzliah. It wasn't cooked with, uh, with roasting, right? So, the, so, uh, so that shows you, in other words, on Shabbat, what do we care about? We care about the process. We care about the action because in Malachah, it's action, right? So if he didn't do the action with fire, so it's not considered bishul, here we're saying, it's not about the action, it's about whether this korban was roasted or not. It wasn't roasted, it was cooked, not roasted. The process, the, the fact that the process is not regarded as bishul for other things doesn't matter. The effect is what matters, and that's why he's going to be liable in that case. We're turned to amud ben. If a person eats it partially cooked, he gets two makot. Wow. Don't do it. Why? Because he violated two things according to Ravah. Ravah says he violated eating it partially cooked. And he also violated not eating it roasted. You're supposed to eat it roasted. So he did do two violations according to that. Right? Is that, how is it What do you mean? It's not mehushal. It he says if he ate it a halon na. If he ate it na. He ate it partially roasted. So okay. he did two violations. He wow. ate it not fully cooked. And it wasn't fully roasted, so there's a mitzvah of it being fully roasted. It's two violations. The pasuk says oh. ki'im esh It also says al imenu Two things. How if you ate it mevushal right? If you ate it uh, mevushal, you ate it when it was boiled. Mm-hmm. Also sh'tay. Why? Because it says don't eat it when it's mevushal, and also don't eat it when it's not tli'ish. So you have two violations over there. So you see that he's taking that general thing of ki'im esh the general thing of it has to be roasted and saying not only did you commit the vi- the specific avira of eating it cooked or of eating it, uh, eating it partially cooked, you also committed the violation of not eating it roasted. Okay, so that so he's saying that that's two violations there. Right now, if it's not vushal, if you had a combination, partially it was na, and partially mevushal, partially it was uh, partial, you know, half cooked, and partially it was boiled. So then lokeshalosh, shalosh, you could get three because you did na, you did mevushal. In other words, you're eating one, but you say you know I'd like to try a little bit of boiled koab bezach, a little bit of uh, a little bit of steak tartare. Uh, Korban Pesach is that, that's the raw one huh? yeah but it would have to be a little bit cooked because it's not uh, it has to be a little bit cooked right he has a little bit of that and he has both of them now in that case he has to have a kazayit of each to get the makot for each violation right so he's saying each violation carries with it not only its own violation but also a violation of Ki'im tsliesh, which is the general rule that's called love Shebechalot general rule now what does Abaye say Abaye says En lokin love we don't give somebody makot for a general prohibition. The specific violation was he ate it boiled. Yeah. Or the specific violation was he ate it uh, partially cooked, partially. right? But the general idea that it has to be roasted, there's no additional makot for that, says Abaye. Now, there would be a big difference here, according to Rashi's reading of this. According to Rashi's reading of this, many disagree, That Tosafot here disagrees, but according to Rashi's reading of this, the issue at hand between them is, let's say you have a case where the person, the practical di- difference, aside from the fact that he would say that if you ate mevushal, you ate a korban pesach that was boiled, you would only get makot for the fact that it, you ate it boiled. You wouldn't also get a, a makot for the fact that you ate it non-roasted. That's not a thing, according to Abaye. Same thing, if you ate it partially cooked, you wouldn't also get a violation for not eating it's li'ish. But there's another practical implication here that we're going to see. What if you ate the chameh teveria one? What if you ate the raw, right? Rava would say that since you violated ki'im right? Since you violated the prohibition of not eating it roasted, you would also get makot even for that. It doesn't come under mevushal. It doesn't come under partially cooked, but it comes under not Abaye would say that's not a prohibition in its own right. That's just describing bashel mevushal bamayim and na is, is being... the general category is it's not roasted but not roasted is too general that's not a prohibition in its own right according to that now he's going to say you have to eat it in Yerushalayim? of course it's Korban how will you get home? I mean really the the Korban Pesach yeah everybody ate it in Yerushalayim they had to so they have to do the Tzli in Yerushalayim and eat in Yerushalayim yeah they stay in Yerushalayim for the first day of Pesach everybody everybody stays everyone stays why is getting this I mean not, it says roast. And it's not roasted. Right, it's one not roasted, time, but he's saying that's not a violation. That's it's a description of the general concept that you're supposed to have it roasted, but that's not a negative commandment. That's a positive how commandment. How is it not a negative commandment? Is an an, is an, only is do an, it this way. Eat it roasted. Right, eat it roasted. So he, he'll roasted. say that's like a positive it's general thing. Right, so yeah. Twice. So so what does he say? He says, So that means that in the case where the person ate the boil, they would only get one makot, mak- uh, set of makot. Uh, if he did partially cooked one set of makot, uh, moreover, Right? So what this means is like this: that one interpretation of it is that Abaye means Tartehu meaning since he's getting makot already on eating the partially cooked or on eating the um, eating the boiled, that's why he doesn't get another set of makot for. The general idea of ki'im tli'esh, because it's already covered, but some say no. Even, w- but but if but if he ate the raw right? Or if he ate the Chamei Yohan, Abaye would say he has to get makot, because he's not going to get anything then. Meaning that Abaye is just saying when you're already in violation of one of the specific things, then you don't also give him a penalty for the general. Right? So since he's already violating it's boiled, and that's also not roasted, so you don't have to give him for boiled and not roasted. You just give him for boiled. If he eats partially cooked, you just give him for partially cooked, right? But in a case where he wouldn't be getting makot at all, like he eats it totally raw, or he eats it prepared. So then, what would we say? We would say that he should get makot. That's one interpretation. Another one says no. That Abaye means that that statement of kiim esh does not create any prohibition at all that is maka worthy, makot worthy. Right? Why? Because because we have a rule that right after it talks about. There's the, the psukim that talk about makot, right after it talks about makot, it says, Very strangely, right after saying the, the rules of giving makot, it says, Don't muzzle an ox when it's threshing, meaning don't prevent it from eating. So we always say anything to qualify for makot has to be like lav de chasimah. It has to be like the prohibition of muzzling. Meaning it has to be very specific, discrete, specific action. And here, since it's not a discrete, specific action, it's general. There's so many ways you cannot do tzliesh. You could not do tzli'esh by cooking it in the sun. You could not do tzli'esh by cooking it in Khamer teveria. You could not do tzli'esh microwave. by doing it in the microwave. You could not do tzli'esh. There's too many ways. So therefore, it's not going to, uh, it's not going to count as a prohibition in its own right. So the question is, does Abaye say it is a prohibition, but if you're already getting smacked for some other v- variation of that, we don't give you two. Or he's saying, no, that prohibition altogether doesn't count, because, and therefore if you eat it, uh, if you eat it uh, totally raw, or Chamed Teveria, you wouldn't get Makot. Okay, so according to Abaye, Raval is saying you definitely would in that case, and de- and if you did bashil mivushal, you did boiled or you did partially cooked, you would get double. You would get for kiim tliesh and also for uh, for the general of uh, of uh, for the specific of whichever form you did. Right? Now, there's another ex- example of this, which is Rava Amar, achal zag Now, this is talking about the Nazir. It says about the Nazir, mikol lo He's not allowed to eat anything that comes from the gefen He's not allowed to eat anything that comes from the grapevine, the Nazir. Right? Yes. Yes. And then it mentions, mechalzanim ad zag. Zag is the skin, chalzan is the seed inside. Okay? No. So it says, if you ate zag... According to Rava, you get two makot. One for eating the specific thing mentioned in the Torah, which is the skin of the grape. Yes. And one for mikolashayyasemigefinayayin, for the general. Okay? Anything, so, if you ate the seed of the grape, lokeshtayim, you also get two. Why? Because you ate kharzan, which is written in the Torah. Yeah. And mikolashayyasemigefinayin, it says you can't eat anything that comes from the grapevine. It's a general and the specific again. Right? Zagvi kharzan Lokeshalosh and if you add both the skin and the seeds, you get three makot, right? One for skin, one for seed, and one for the general. So it's the same concept as what he's saying about the Korban Pesach. Yes, there's minimum? Of kazaid? Yeah, Kazayit always, I yeah. So, what's the, so what does he say? He says the same concept. If you have two specific examples and a general thing, you get makot for the example as well as the general. Now, Abaye Amar again, you don't get punished for generality. So again, and we have the same thing, same exact question. Does that mean that is basically a general prohibition that could give you makot, but since you're already getting makot for eating the grape skin, or for eating a grape seed, you won't get also makot for the general. When would you get makot for the general? If you ate the uh, the vine itself. Something The leaves. Right? Something that's not part of the grape itself. The leaves of it. says Anything from from the grapevine so let's say you ate the leaves of it so that would be a case where you would get makot or it could be that abaye means that that Sheria asher is so general that you never get makot for that even if you ate the leaves even if you ate the stalks of the, uh, of the grapevine you wouldn't get makot for it and Rava would say that you do Abaye is saying no even when there's no other punishment involved you don't get it so this is a general machloka between Abaye and Rava it comes up in a couple places in the Talmud whether these when you have a general prohibition and examples, do you get makot separately for the general prohibition or not? It's a, it's a classic uh, uh, Talmudic argument. patur. If you ate a kazait of the Koban Pesach, partially roasted while it was still daytime, when are you supposed to eat it? You're supposed to eat it at nighttime at the seder. Not during the day. The guy did it during the day. So he's not going to be liable because the liability of, for makot is when you eat it at the time you're supposed to be doing the mitzvah, you do it wrong. But this guy ate it too early. The night of the seder, right? So if the person ate it the night of the seder. The, the the partially roasted, then he will be liable because that's when the prohibition applies. The prohibition applies when you're supposed to be eating the roasted korban Pesach. You ate the wrong thing, right? yom. <laughs> <right? laughs> On the other hand, if you ate a kazayit sli, you ate something that was You ate something that was roasted during the daytime when you're not supposed to eat it yet, right? Lo <laughs> I'll explain what that is in a second. You didn't invalidate yourself from your group, but kazait pasalat Then if you did it nighttime, you ruined your relationship with your group. What that means is that. In the um, everybody had to eat the korban Pesach with a chavura, with a group that they were registered in advance. You always had a registration in advance. We're going to learn about it in the in the upcoming Pakim in the latter half of the Masechet that talks about korban Pesach, basically from the fifth parak and on, talks about korban Pesach. Why would he disqualify himself. I'll explain. So okay. in the in the case, so you have to eat it with one group. Yeah. Right. Lo yotzi It says you shouldn't bring bayit Don't bring out of the house. The Korban Pesach was what it says in the Pesach Mitzrayim, right? In right. Egypt it said that. So how is that interpreted in Halacha? It means you have to choose your group and stick with it. You're not allowed to bring the meat and eat it with another group. Pre-registration. Okay, pre-registration only. So what does that mean? That means if you ate it before Pesach, let's say you ate it during oh. the afternoon. You're just like, I just can't, I'm so hungry. I, I just have to have a bite of that Korban Pesach. It looks so good, right? You went and you took a bite. So now you didn't, that wasn't considered an eating of Korban Pesach at all. That was considered just like you're being, uh, not. you're not doing the right I'm thing, angry, but angry. it's right, you're too, but that's not, it's not the right time. Right. So it doesn't maybe change maybe your status. The, maybe he's checking the basal. Maybe, but um, whatever, it doesn't affect his status. He's not supposed to actually eat it, but... It, that's, that doesn't change his status now during the night time though let's see he's supposed to go to someone else's house for Korban Pesach and there's a Korban Pesach in his house and he's like I just want to take a bite of it before I go for the road you know <laughs> so he takes a bite of it since it's the night of the mitzvah yeah. so he now started his achilav Korban Pesach with a different group so now tzmo, he cannot now go and join the other group because he, he ate it outside of the group in other words if you eat it outside of the group now you can join with the group anymore, because you have to eat it with the group. Wow. So that's what I'm saying, that will only happen the night of Pesach. Now, Tani, we learned in a Tani, I'dach, kazait yom, you might have thought that if you ate a kazait of the partially roasted uh, Pesach during the day, that you'll be liable. And it's logical. If we know, now this is something I think you were alluding to before, you were suggesting before, if at the time when you're supposed to eat the Korban Pesach roasted right? You're not supposed to eat it partially roasted, so it should be even worse at a time when you're not supposed to eat the Korban Pesach at all. In other words, at night time of Pesach, the Seder night, you're supposed to eat it roasted, you're not supposed to eat it unroasted, or partially roasted. So if at a time when eating the Pesach is okay, it just has to be done a certain way, you're in violation if you eat it the wrong way, you eat it partially cooked. So in the afternoon, before that, when you're not supposed to be eating the Korban Pesach at all, you definitely should get in trouble. Why not? It says, So it says, so, odi, Shouldn't you be in trouble for it? it says, Oh, lo no. maybe go the other way. No, <speaking> No, <language> No, you might say the other way. That actually, when does the prohibition apply of eating the partially roasted uh, Korban Pesach? Only when there's a mitzvah to do it correctly. And instead of doing the mitzvah correctly, you are doing it incorrectly. But during the afternoon, when there's no mitzvah at all, yep. maybe there's no problem. <laughs> but, right. I mean, you're not supposed to. But yeah, don't be surprised. You might say that in the evening right and it was in the evening uh, uh right so it says although you could go the other way that bishash uh, it's different than that it said bishash uh, in okhum kholtali yesno bal tohalna bishash yesno okhum kholtali you could actually say the um, you could actually say the other way around and say in the afternoon when you're not allowed to eat the korban pesach at all. That's when the prohibition of partially eating the partially cooked applies. But at night, maybe you'll say, since I can already eat it roasted, maybe if I eat it partially roasted, it's not such a violation because after all, once the door is open to eat some korban pesach, maybe it's more lenient. And don't be surprised, because since you see that the door is already open, that I can eat it roasted, maybe if I eat it partially roasted, it's not such a big deal. In other words, according to the first way, it's saying that it should be worse in the afternoon than at night, because if at night I'm not allowed to eat it, so then during the daytime, I definitely shouldn't be allowed to eat it. Or maybe I'll say the opposite. During the daytime, when I'm not allowed to eat anything, that's when it's bad to eat it partially cooked. But maybe at night, when I'm already allowed to eat it fully roasted, if I eat it partially roasted, it's not so bad. It says, Talmud, Al It says, don't eat it boiled and don't eat it partially cooked, only roasted. Why does the pasuk have to mention again that it has to be roasted? To tell you, It's to tell you that what's the reason, when is it applicable, the prohibition of eating partially roasted, uh, 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 uh korban pesach it's not stricter during during the day actually at that time it doesn't exist because there's no mitzvah eating korban pesach at all yeah. in the evening it's not more lenient it's the opposite it's the opposite way during the day there's no prohibition of eating it specifically prohibition of eating it uh, uh you're you're mitzvah to say if you eat it during the day you're losing the mitzvah to say because you're eating korban pesach it's supposed to be at night but you're not doing an, you're not doing the violation of eating the partially cooked at night when you're supposed to eat it roasted that's when you are are uh in violation if you eat it partially cooked. So there were three possibilities the bright that right, considered. The first possibility would be that it sh- if it's that it's prohibited at night, and it's definitely prohibited during the day before the before the said Then it said, no, maybe it's only prohibited during the day, but at night it should be more lenient. But it rejected that said no, actually only at night when you're supposed to be eating it roasted, because you see that it, it describes that you're not allowed to do. It says, Don't eat it boiled and don't eat it partially cooked, only roasted, meaning at the time you're supposed to be eating it roasted, you shouldn't eat it any other way. Okay, and then Rabbi says, "Ekarani b'bashel matal b'nuah mivushal." He says, "It's why does the Torah have to use two words, bashel mivushal b'mayim? Just say do 'Don't eat it, bashel b'mayim,' or mivushal b'mayim. Why does it have to have double language? Right? Sheyachol enli li elashib bishlo moshach hashecha bishlo v'rodiyol minayin. Because maybe again, you would think if I boiled it at night time when the mitzvah applies to make it roasted." Right? Maybe then it's a violation. But if I did it during the day, maybe it's not such a bad, uh, bad thing. Talmud Lomar, Bashel mevushal mikol makom. It doesn't matter when you did the cooking, when you did the boiling, it's applicable at any time. She says, Bishalomi meaning Vachalomi In other words, it doesn't have to be that the Bishul happened at the time of the prohibition. The, even if the Bishul happened during the day, Right, and the eating happened the night, it doesn't matter. Right? So now it says Vahai now Rabbi is really trying to get a lot out of this Pasuk Bashel mevushal Bamaim. Because before he said that Bashel Mivushal Bamaim teaches you that you can't even stew the Korban Pesach in its own juices. Now he's saying Bashel mevushal" tells you that even if you boiled it before Pesach started, an air of Pesach in the afternoon, that it was that it's also considered to be mevushal and you can't eat it at night. So he says Mashkinim ken O Bashel Bashel, O my Bashel mevushal shamat mina he says because the language is not the same twice it doesn't say bashel bashel or mevushal mevushal it says bashel mevushal it changed the language to show you that there are two concepts one is that you can't cook it in anything including its own juices and the other one is to tell you that it doesn't matter when the bishul happened all that happened all that matters is when you eat it if you eat it at night when you're supposed to be eating the roasted korban besach you'll be in violation even if the preparation was done before it's not that the that uh, the bishul shul had to happen at night also to constitute the violation. But any of these things if they were done eating the boiled Pesach or eating the parsley cooked Pesach on Erev Pesach when there is not yet a mitzvah of of eating the Korban Pesach at all, you won't get the Makot for that. You only get Makot when you eat it at the time when you were supposed to be eating the roasted Korban Pesach. We're going to learn a lot more about the roasting of the Korban Pesach etc. in the 5th parak and on coming up soon.